welcome back beautiful human thank you so much for tuning in today so today i'm doing things a little different with the background music just know that i do not own the rights to the music if you like the song this is tom odell another love that'll be playing during the podcast i just wanted to test it out and this is a song that i've been listening to on repeat for about a day and a half now so there you have it um today we're talking about trauma we're talking about trauma i'm sharing some of the events that I experienced as a kid that were traumatic that I have been sloughing off or not recognizing as trauma because I didn't feel that they were that bad. And so this is an encouragement if you're one of those people, if you're struggling to get through a certain thing and you're not recognizing the trauma that caused it because you don't think it's valid, this is your wake-up call. So enjoy. See you on the inside. Well, hello, beautiful human. I guess I get to do this again, which means I get to do it better. (laughs) I've recorded this already, but then I really fucked it up with the editing. And so, shit. Here we go. Lesson learned. Save a copy of just the recorded audio, which you'd think I'd know by now. Anyways. So in this episode, we're talking about traumas. Traumatic events that have happened as a kid. I'm going to share some of the ones that I've been through and how I really struggled to validate them because I didn't feel like they were that bad. I hear so many other people's stories of physical, sexual, emotional abuse, um, really, really traumatic events that have happened to them. And I look at mine and I'm like, well, mine's not that bad. But here's the thing that I was struggling with is I was still struggling. I was still having and still do have traumatic response. Like I still respond from trauma. And so I really had to take a look and realize that it is valid. It's it's valid. If it's affecting me, then it's a valid trauma. And I shouldn't be casting it away and trying not to work on fixing those challenges and healing myself because I still have something to heal from. And so if you're one of those people, if you're somebody similar to me where maybe you've seen some shit, but nothing really happened to you directly, it was more of an indirect, you witnessed things, this is an episode for you because I wanna help you to validate these things. Because here's the thing, if you're not willing or if you can't validate the trauma or you keep sloughing it off as though it's not real trauma, but it's affecting you in your day-to-day life and in how you respond to certain situations, then guess what? It's valid. So I want to help validate that so that you can actually move forward. So here we go. Let's do this shit, shall we? So growing up, my original parents, my mother and my father, so I'm going to refer to two men here today that are father figures to me. One is my father, which is my biological father, and then there's my dad, who is my stepdad. Uh, my stepdad is the one that's obviously been with me, um, been been the key male role model in my life. And even though my father and I were not super tight, we have made amends with things and we're on friendly terms, but we choose to not get too involved in each other's lives. And I think it's actually for the best. He had a lot of, of things to deal with and went through some serious struggles and battling some serious demons. and. All in all, we know that how everything turned out was for the best. And so we've made our peace with that. So just so you know, there's no bad blood here. 
at all. Um, okay, so how did this start? How did this start? This started quite young, quite young. So my parents got married after I was born, my mother and my father. My mom and my father, I never call her mother. <laughs> She's mom, mommy, mama, mamacita, all those words. They got married after I was born and were together maybe two years. We all moved out to Ontario from British Columbia, Canada. It's Canada, in case you don't know. And moved out there when I was about one and a half. We followed him. He went out first, and then we followed him when I was about one and a half. And then we moved back when I was two. So I think we were there for six, seven, maybe eight months. Um, and mom decided to leave because the relationship wasn't, it wasn't healthy, right? There was no real abuse. Um, it was more of an emotional, emotional thing. There was no physical abuse. And to be honest, like everything that my mom's ever said about my father has been very kind, that he was a very kind and caring soul, um, that he just had some shit to deal with. And so that's fair enough, don't we all, right? And, and she didn't want to stay in that, which is fair. So through that, you know, it was my mom and it was me for about two years before my stepdad came into the picture. And um, those two years, we did a lot of moving around. We, we lived in all sorts of different places. My absolute favorite, two, two of my favorite places was one at the apartment because my uncle was also there. And we had a really tight knit group in that apartment building in Armstrong. For those of you who are familiar with the interior BC, we were across from the Blue Hotel. <laughs> And it was just a great, I thought it was a great experience, but there was a lot of weird shit that happened. I mean, I grew up in a family on my mom's side specifically where there's a lot of, um, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering and a lot of substance abuse because of it, mostly alcohol. And there's a lot of depression, anxiety, mostly depression though, um, suicide attempts, you name it. Now, thank God my mom did not, at least that I know of, attempt any type of suicide. Thank God. Thank you, Mom. I know it wasn't easy. I know it wasn't easy. Uh, but my uncle did, a couple times. We had One of my uncles actually succeeded. When I was much older, though, I would have been 24 when he actually succeeded and went through with it. Yeah, that's a tough thing for a kid to see. You know, when you're three or four years old and sitting on the couch and all of a sudden your uncle just bursts out of nowhere and jumps out the fucking window. Literally jumps out the window. And you're sitting there wondering what the hell is going on. It's scary. You don't know how to process it. I still don't know how I processed it. I just know that the memory is still there clear as day. Now thankfully for him, there, when he jumped out the window, there was another roof that was, I don't know, I don't know how deep it was or how far down from the window it was. I want to say 10 feet, maybe more. I don't know for sure. I'm going off a four-year-old memory. <laughs> and so, um, so he survived. And I'm really grateful that he survived because he's, he's a pretty cool guy. And, um, but I remember looking out the window and seeing the paramedics and putting him on the stretcher and his face just shattered from the glass. I didn't understand it at the, at the time. It didn't make any sense to me. I don't even know how I felt 
I think I was mostly just scared and didn't really get it. I didn't understand what was going on. And thankfully my mom did her best throughout the years to help me understand these things, even if she didn't tell me directly, which I think was really cool. And so we, you know, there was that. And there was another attempt as well where he decided to drive off the road. Thankfully I wasn't there, no one was in the car with him. But, you know, there was that kind of trauma that happened. At that same apartment building, because mom was at that time in her life where she was dating, one particularly volatile relationship that I will remember to this day. And I remember the last day that he was there. I was sitting on the couch, just bawling. At least this is what I remember. I remember crying so hard and watching my mom and him just throw shit at each other, like objects across the room. I mean, my mom's a tough bitch. She's a tough bitch. When she doesn't want something or when she is done with something, she's fucking done and she doesn't deal with that shit. And so thankfully the cops came and that was all sorted out, but that's something that I... I know affects me, right? And there's no blame on her. I mean, shit happens, right? Shit happens. But um, out of all of this, I mean, all in all, I'm so grateful at the same time because I was never physically harmed in any way. I, my mom, she, she really stepped up. She really stepped up. So mom, if you're hearing this, I hope you're not crying. <laughs> but if you are, I get it. Just know that I love you. I'm so happy that I chose you as my parent. So all in all, that was, you know, there was other incidents in between that I don't remember as much, but those are the two that really stick out. Um, and as we, you know, as mom and my stepdad started dating, we, I mean, we lived in a freaking cool blue bus for a while. That was when it was just me and when it was just mom, me, and her friend Nancy were in the blue bus. And then once uh, dad came along, then we moved in with him into a fifth wheel trailer outside of my grandma and grandpa's house, which was really cool, by the way. <laughs> so I just want to say something for parents out there who are scared to uproot their children and move into some kind of mobile home. Kids don't really care. We think it's fun. It it affects you more than it affects the kid. Uh, just just so you know that. Especially when they're young. It, it's fun. So, yeah. So then we, you know, we moved. And, I mean, here's the thing. My mom and dad, they got married many years after. I think I was nine when they got married. So, like, four years later. Don't get me wrong. The relationship... They cared very much for each other, but it definitely was far from perfect. There was a lot of fights that I remember hearing and witnessing, and they were hard to take because some really cruel words were said to each other, and I love them both so dearly, but it's it's hard to see people do that. And you, you try not to take a side as a kid, but you always lean one way more than the other, right? Always. At least I did. And I've always leaned more towards mom because she's my mom. And her and I, we have a pretty great relationship, at least in my opinion. So, I, you know, she's, she's, my, she's my bitch in the most loving way possible. A couple of things that really I struggled with 
when it came to dad and dad I love you just know that but and I know that it was hard for you at 20 to take on a four-year-old I don't know what that's like and thank you for doing it um but he also had a hard time accepting that I would call him dad it took I don't know how long it took me to call him dad but you know giving him father's day stuff and knowing that he said well I'm not really not really a dad you were and you are so just know that you know I look back at the turbulent times just a side note my mom and dad are not together anymore and I have a brother out of the deal which he didn't come till I was 18 and I'm so fucking glad he did come along love that kid but through the turbulent times you know they would get into a fight and there was a lot of times where I was put in the position that to be the adult to be the fixer which works great with my my astrological sign as cancer because we have this natural innate feeling of responsibility to do that <laughs> it's not always the best thing in the world we don't want to fix ourselves but we'll fix everyone else and so you know there were a lot of times where they fight and and dad would send the kid in to go and make mom feel better. It was, it almost felt like it was my responsibility to do that. And so out of all of these situations, what's happened is that I have a really hard time. I have a really hard time communicating. I have a really hard time detaching from when there's some kind of confrontation between two people. I feel like I need to step in and fix it when it's really not my responsibility. And I feel like if I don't, then I've failed and that it's my fault, but it really isn't. It's not my fault because it wasn't my responsibility in the first place. And so these are things that, that now I have to work through. And out of that has come a lot of people pleasing, this innate need to people please because, well, because I'm pretty sure it, it, it would be re relatively clear as to why. And so, yeah. That's a little bit of my story. I don't want to go too long. I'll take some time and do a little bit more of this as we go because I really believe in sharing stories. And the reason I wanted to share these parts of my stories is because I know that there's somebody else out there who's been through this and who's struggling and cannot figure out what the fuck is going on. And the reason they can't figure out what the fuck is going on is because, at least in my opinion, they're not accepting their trauma as trauma. They're blazing over it. They're sloughing it off because it wasn't that traumatic and if it's affecting you now it was that traumatic and it's okay so I'm here to help you validate that I want you to validate it I want you to look at it dive into it so that you can heal and you can't heal from something if you're not going to turn around and face it and then you'll get to the point where those demons don't scare you anymore they just don't scare you anymore and you know there's some amazing qualities that I've developed because of all of this. I can show up even when I'm not feeling well, even when I'm emotionally broken. I can still show up and no one would tell. No one would know. Unless you really knew me, you could see it in my eyes. I let everything show in my eyes even though I try not to. And so that has helped me because then I can still carry on. I can still get my shit done and my life doesn't fall apart. I've learned to be compassionate. I've learned understanding from a very young age, trying to understand where people are coming from before I go and cast an opinion about what they're doing and how they're acting. Just know that everybody acts a certain way and does things for a reason. There's always a reason for it. Most of the time it has to do with pain. 
and it's been a fantastic learning experience. So here's the thing. I've talked about shadow work on here before. I've brought people on to talk about shadow work before. You got to put on your war paint. Your spiritual growth and your personal growth is not a walk through the tulips at all. If you really want to grow, you got to be brave. You got to put on your war paint and you're going to go through some fucking dark times. You're going to think things that you never would have thought you would have would have ever crossed your mind because you got to deal with it. You got to address these things. You can't leave them buried in the seat of your soul because if they're in the seat of your soul, that means there's roots and those roots can run pretty fucking deep. And so acknowledge them, acknowledge them so you can move forward. And so here's what I say to you. If you're on your spiritual journey, be prepared. You're not walking through a beautiful meadow. There will be beautiful meadows along the way, but you're heading to the fiery pits of Mount Doom. You're walking through the black forest, so bring a sword. Stay on.